My brothers and sisters, first of all, I apologize about the temperature. I don't know if something's not working with the heater. We'll have to look into that this week. I just wanted to keep you awake, you know, so I thought I'd turn the temperature down. Okay, I don't like it when people fall asleep in my homilies, so I, I said, I'm going to fix them. I'm going to turn the temperature down. So today we begin the, the beautiful holy season of Advent. And the word translated, commonly translated to Advent, goes back to a Greek word that shows up all throughout the New Testament. And it shows up, as far as the Gospels are concerned, only in the Gospel of Matthew and only in the chapter we just heard. So it's kind of interesting. So this, this year of the three years, this is year A in our lectionary cycle, it's only in this year that we're going to hear this specific word. It's translated coming, okay? But more literally, it should be translated presence. Presence, very interesting. So I'll read you the, the, the two places it appears in our lectionary reading today. The Lord says, As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming or the presence of the Son of Man. In those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, so forth and so on. They didn't know until the flood came and carried them away. So it will be also at the, the coming or the presence of the Son of Man. So when we celebrate Advents, we're getting ready and we're preparing for what's really at stake here and what's in focus is the presence, the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ. Also, you'll notice for this Sunday, and actually for the next Sunday as well, it's very interesting. It's kind of shocking and striking a little bit in a, in a certain sense. Our gospel readings have to do with the second advent of Jesus Christ, when he comes at the end of human history as judge of the living and the dead. You know, and it's kind of, kind of interesting because aren't we preparing for Christmas, for his first advent? Okay? But really, this season involves both Advents, his first Advent and his second Advents, because both of them have to do with the presence of Jesus, of the God-man in our midst. In his first Advent, his presence is hidden. It's secret. In his second Advent, his presence is manifest. But they're, they're both the presence of Jesus. And my homily today, the real the point here, is simply this. If we learn to appreciate the hidden presence of Jesus in our midst, we will thereby actually bring about the manifest presence of Jesus in our midst. Okay? So as it were, if we learn to appreciate the first advent, we'll actually contribute to the coming about of the second Advent. And I think that's a, that's a, a teaching of the Bible that maybe a lot of people don't appreciate. That actually the second coming of Jesus depends on what we do. We have a role in that. It's not a purely passive waiting for his coming, but rather it's an active involvement. An active involvement. In our opening prayer today, very, very beautiful prayer, we see this. Okay. It says, Grant your faithful, we pray, Almighty God, the resolve to run forth to meet your Christ at his coming. So here we are, we're running forth as Jesus is coming. We're not just sitting there waiting for him to come to us, but we're actually going forward to meet him as well. It's not just a passive waiting, it's an active running forth. 
And how is it? We run forth to Nietzsche Christ with righteous deeds. So it's through good works that we go forth and anticipate and really bring about that presence. You see, the translation presence is different than the translation coming. With the word coming, the subject of that word is doing all the, the, the work. But with the, with the word presence, is different. So the presence of someone can be actualized by that person coming closer to me or by me coming closer to them. You see? So that's why the word presence, in a certain sense, is a deeper and more proper word for what we're doing here during Advent. We're actualizing the presence of Jesus in our midst, not in just a wait-and-see kind of attitude and posture, but in an active, active way. You know, there's a passage here in the New Testament from Second Peter, and it, it goes like this. It says, in light of the second coming of Christ, what sort of persons ought you to be in living lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God? So again, it's both. We're waiting, but we're also actually hastening the coming of the day of God by what we do. Okay, there's all of these events that need to transpire before Jesus comes again. And uh, those events are human events and uh, depend upon human freedom and human choices, what humans do. So we play an essential role in the second coming of Christ. And uh, we bring that about, that manifest presence of Jesus. We help to actualize that here and now by appreciating and laying hold of, as it were, his hidden presence. How do we do that? Well, through three ways. Okay? First of all, through righteous deeds, as the opening prayer says. Okay? So through our good works. Now, what better way to understand good works and to organize them in your mind and to know what you're shooting for but to recount the beautiful tradition that we have of the seven spiritual works of mercy and the seven corporal works of mercy. These are, well, I mean, one of the many reasons I'm so proud to be a Roman Catholic is because in our tradition, we have these works so finely and precisely and thoroughly delineated for us. Okay, so the spiritual works of mercy, we've heard them before, to instruct the ignorant, to counsel the doubtful, to admonish sinners, to bear patiently those who wrong us, to forgive offenses, to comfort the afflicted, to pray for the living and the dead. How awesome, how awesome is that? Okay, then we have the corporal works of mercy, to feed the hungry, to give water to the thirsty, to clothe the naked, to shelter the homeless, to visit the sick, to visit the imprisoned, to bury the dead. How wonderful are those works? Now, I think probably many of us know this by experience. There's a big difference between going through your day and checking off the things on your to-do list versus doing a good deed. There's really a big difference at an experiential level. So usually I have this to-do list and I'm checking the boxes and I'm crossing things off and I'm doing it. My main motivation is I want to get rid of this feeling of anxiety. Okay, <laughs> I've got all these things to do. Let me get this done. Okay, no longer, you know, absence is the suffering of my anxious heart, okay, after I cross that, that item on my to-do list off, okay? When you do a good work, it's totally different. It's not about an absence of anxiety. It's about the presence of Jesus. 
It's about recognizing Jesus in our neighbor, that hidden presence of Jesus in our neighbor, and embracing that hidden presence of Christ. Jesus says in the Gospel, he says, when you did it to the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Jesus identifies with those who are in need of mercy, whether that's a spiritual work of mercy or a corporal work of mercy. That's Jesus that we're ministering to. That's his presence there in that person that's suffering and that's in need of our help. And so when we minister to that person, we're actually embracing the presence of Jesus. And our lives become full. When we cross something off our to-do list, it disappears. But when we do a good work, when we do a good deed, it doesn't disappear. It stays with us. Somehow it enlarges the horizon of our experience. It makes our life more full. And the presence of the absolute and the presence of goodness is actualized in our hearts and in our experience. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. So number one, that's how we embrace the hidden presence of Christ. Number two, through prayer. Through prayer. Prayer is an exercise in practicing the presence of Jesus. Okay? And it's an exercise as well of learning to be present to oneself so that we can be present to Jesus. You know, we go through the day and we're busy again. we got the, the to-do list. We're crossing things off left and right, trying to get stuff done. And it's we're never in the present. We're always thinking about uh, maybe something that happened in the past. We're trying to think about things that we got to do in the future, and we're never actually present. But when we take the time to pray, when we set aside 10 minutes a day or 20 minutes, okay, or if you really want to grow in prayer, you set aside a half an hour or more. When you do that and you silence all the noise and you force yourself to kneel down in prayer, in quiet, in peace, in solitude, suddenly what you're doing is you're collecting yourself. You're, you're shooing away those thoughts of the past. You're shooing away the thoughts of the stuff that you've got to do. And you're gathering your life and yourself together and making them presence so that you can be present to the Lord who is present to you, whether you know it or not. You're learning to embrace that hidden presence of Jesus in your life. And thereby, you're actualizing his presence in your heart and you're making it manifest as you become transformed into the likeness of what you contemplate so that you bring Jesus out to the rest of the world and make him manifest. Thereby, you're helping to to bring about that second advent of Christ. And then thirdly, when we as Catholics thoroughly and with great pride embrace our sacramental lives, that is another way in which we learn to appreciate and embrace the hidden presence of Jesus so that we might bring about his manifest presence at the end of time. There's a beautiful prayer that we pray during the Mass. And of course, the Mass is the high point of our sacramental life as Catholics. And uh, we call it the Sanctus. So we say this, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. Heaven and earth are full of your glory. First of all, that is the angelic hymn that we read about in Isaiah chapter 6. So what we're doing is we're joining the hymn of the angels during Mass. And the angels behold the essence of God. 
And in God they behold the fact that the world is full of his glory and is destined to be full of his glory at the end of time. We, we are acquiring that angelic vision when we embrace the hidden reality of the sacramental mystery of Jesus in the Mass. And then we go on, and this is even cooler. So we say, Holy, 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 Lord God of hosts, heaven and earth is full of your glory, Hosanna in the highest. We say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. What's that all about? What does that mean? It's a, a very important verse from the Gospel. And it's a saying of Jesus himself. And this is, what he, this is in the context of him being rejected by his own people, by Jerusalem. And uh, he's weeping over Jerusalem. And he says, Truly I say to you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And it's a, not very well known, but it's a very integral part of our Catholic tradition that we believe before the second coming of Jesus Christ, the Jewish people as a whole will recognize Jesus of Nazareth as their Messiah. And it will be their actual recognition of him that causes his second coming. So when the Jewish people say of Jesus, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, which is a messianic praise, when they do that, that will usher in his second coming. And so every time we celebrate Mass, we, as it were, stand in place of the Jewish people and we say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We recognize his Eucharistic advent. We recognize his Eucharistic presence in our midst, even though it's hidden and mystical. And when we do that, we co contribute and we play a role in the unfolding of his plan and of his actual second coming. So my brothers and sisters, with this wonderful season of Advent, we learn, let us learn again to appreciate the hidden presence of Jesus our Lord in our midst through our good deeds, through our prayers, and above all, through our sacramental participation in the life of the church. Thereby, we will bring about that manifests presence of Christ in the world.